shooting hairstylist. Also shared by Matt Darcy, Jiu-Jitsu great Matt Darcy. But first, let's let Bob Riley from Stigmata sing us in as he always does. This record is called Calling of the Just. Song is called Intro, All of Nothing. The CD is still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub or hit your car with a hammer. But you don't have to go there. You can get it online. Revelation Records. Yep. I'm on my way back to I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. Payback and for always nothing. Ah, my friends. Okay. Oh, what, what happens? I don't know, Jane. Oh, no, no, no. no. You got to stop that. Because if it's more than 30 seconds, Jane Aiko, that's not even on my playlist. If it's more than 30 seconds, they try to yank you down or end or charge you for it. So uh, before we get in, you know you know how I hate being interrupted. Before we get too uh, deeply into the show, uh, 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 Blevin uh, uh, Flipmunk, you want to say your piece? <laughs> I, we're, I'm giving you some time stay, to tell the world about how this award-winning journalist sucks. Go ahead. You don't even have to use a fake name. You can just come back in as uh, as Belvin uh, Flip, Flip Monk. I won't block you. Hmm. Not in the subscription feed. I wonder why. Uh, it's on my channel. Not like the last time I made it and put it on my work channel. By uh, Remind ever to hit the bell for your no. no. Okay, good. That's, is, that's, is that a you thing or a me thing? Do I have to do something so it reminds you? Uh, it's an everyone thing. All right. All right. 
Acha, Acha, Acha. Anyway, this is. Uh, I'm guess I'm. We're waiting here for for Flip Monk. Uh, oh, just tell us. I did. I I I I tweeted it out. If you're not on the Twitter thing, maybe you didn't get it. Anyway, everybody seems. Many of you are here already. Uh, Cash App. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Uh, yeah, let me do the commercials. Um, damn it. What? Can, she, uh, how about this, Mr. Owens? Can I get on Cash App in the time it takes for Belvin Flipmont to make himself known and start talking shit about me? And actually, he can get the free floor to talk shit about me while I get the Cash App going on the phone. Does it take that short of a period of time? Oh, may, 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 let, let me, let, with the proviso. Does it take that amount of time that a man in my condition could make happen? That's the proviso that makes a difference. Uh, uh, okay, let, I'm going to look. Nah, nah, PayPal, nah, okay. <laughs> PayPal, I got PayPal, right? That's Pinko, P-I-N-K-O, 95014 at yahoo.com if you want to donate that way. Um, and I got to tell you something really, something sort of special. And if you want to go uh, 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 through Patreon, because it's just easier to set up that way, and it reminds you, patreon.com slash the stomper. But um, but um, not outside of my hair, hey, outside of the hair not being combed or styled or shaved, uh, yeah, that. It's just your bank info. Well, okay, I can't do that in the time because I, I, I'd have to go find that. But, I'll, okay, I'll do it afterward. Thank you for the reminder. But there's a cat who used to listen to the show, and I don't know that he wants me giving out his uh, his personal information, so I'll just say a cat that used to listen to the show. And this just happened. Like, I mean, like, just, like it just happened. And uh, the guy, he, he made himself known to me, and he was like, Eugene, I'm a musician, too. Da, 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 you know, maybe you could uh, listen to my stuff. I listened to his stuff. I liked it. But I kept noticing stuff in the backgrounds of the, the, the photos he sent, you know, and he was paintings. I go, hey, man, where'd you get these great paintings? He goes, ah, I made them. It's just something I'm goofing off. I was like, no, 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 these are good. He's like, ah, yeah, da, 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 da. I go, no, 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 man, these are good. I have, like, friends who work in art galleries in L.A. I'm going to make an intro I want you to meet them. I think they should talk to you. So I get my friends in LA, the art dealers, to look at his stuff. And say, ah, yeah, he's got good, you know, they kind of get. And anyway, he and I got in some argument about something. You know, it was a tonal thing. It's email. You know me, I'm hard to offend uh, in general. Stupidity is the only thing that offends. But it was one of those escaladio thing. It just started to build. And I was like, ah, okay, goodbye. You know, go what? I blocked the guy, you're off. Yeah, all right. But then he starts sending, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going to send you, and I'm always a sucker for art. You send me art, I open the doors back up, I'm listening to his music, I like the music, every now and then I see some of his art, I like his art, then I don't hear from him for like two years, okay, and uh, turns, he writes me today, this morning, he says, Eugene, I got to thank you, man, and I'm not taking a lot of credit, that guy has talent, talent. He goes, but uh, I, I got to tell you, you know, I don't know your encouragement, whatever, but uh, I kept at the painting and I've been selling them for like huge amounts of money. <laughs> and I think somehow like I should pay it forward. So if your game, you know, if your game 
I want you to write that memoir that you've been talking about. Now, this, if you remember, this is pretty much how the woman who wrote, uh, whose name I can't remember, To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, she's got the great name. She was friends with Truman Capote, whose name I can't remember. And she was like, had some rinky-tink job. And uh, the boss said, hey, you're, you're a good writer. I'll tell you what. I, uh, not Carson McCullough. But I, somebody can look it up while I'm talking. To Kill a Mockingbird. Who wrote it? And, um, and so, you know, I like your writing enough. You should just take a year off to write, and I'll pay for everything. And that's what she did. And, and she came out with To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Um, I, I don't know if the guy's offering to pay me a, year, a yearly salary, but that's not the point. And that's not even the point of the story. The cash is not the point of the story because I'm not entirely clear that I even want to take the cash. The, the point of the story is that, um, that MO, methodology, always consistently, um, always consistently is... Like I'm watching a, a Better Call Saul and his brother is cock blocking him. I never understood that. I never understood it. If I know you and I'm associated with you, I put money in your pocket. I make you whole. I put money in your pocket. If I can advance your... Per now, there are p some people who I don't. At this point now, being in California long enough has taught me a few things. And that's taught me that this is not the ethos in California. That I can let a guy eat off my plate in California. I can let him eat off the plate, eat off the plate. Eight times that guy eats off my plate. He's going to come back at nighttime. And if I ask him for one thing between eight and nine, he's going to act disgusted with me. I had a run-in with a good friend of Richard Pryor's. Long story, not going to go into it here. I put $1,500 in this guy's pocket. Did all the work for him. Turned around, asked for a favor, denied. Waited a few months, even, not even a few weeks, the guy's back trying to eat off the plate again. I got the East Coast thing. I understand patronage. I help you, you help me. One hand washes the other. So from that point of view, the fact that this guy is not either from New York or from California, I, I, it blows my mind and it, it warms the cockles of my heart. And that's what I want to start this show off with. The warming of the cockles of my heart. Now I'm I feel lonely. I'm feeling kind of rejected that that flip flip monk is not here. I gave the guy a chance. I would have even let let him call in. <laughs> you call in and say your piece. I need to know about the ways in which I suck because one of the ways in which I don't suck is that I advance the fortunes of my friends. Now, I, I, don't know, I don't know about you. You're sitting around at home in California. If you live in California, they say uh, shelter in place. Shelter in place typically means if they're shooting up the joint and you happen to be at the joint, you stay at the joint and don't go running outside thinking you're going to do some kind of Bruce Willis thing, right? But they said shelter in place at midnight, which means they expected you to be at home. It doesn't mean you keep hanging out at the bar where you happen to be at midnight. It means go home and stay there. Now, you don't notice about me giving with all the touring and whatnot. I'm a homebody. I could happily, I remember being a kid and disappointed and tricked. I felt tricked into having left the house, into leaving the house. Right? Tricked. 
I remember having such a good time. And my mom said, hey, you know, my mom and my dad said, hey, we're going to take you to a cool place. You're going to get to do all cool things. You get to play all day. I was like, you mean kind of like what I'm doing now? Yeah, but you get to do it with other kids. I, was, I didn't need other kids. No, 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 no. Yeah, I know. Don't even start. I'm going to get to the beaches. Morons. So I go to kindergarten and I'm playing with the soapy water and I got the egg beater and the, uh, 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 and uh, and I'm like, you know, I never got Harper Lee was the name of the writer. You guys are not literary people. You didn't care enough to look it up. But she's the one who wrote The, the Killer Mockingbird. Anyway, I never got the tricycle. I, the other kids raced out there, got faster than me. One day I raced out there faster, got my hands on it. And some kid pushed me down and took the tricycle. I've never owned a tricycle and never ridden a tricycle as a child. Never got a chance to get on one. That's when I learned something. This ties in to class. That's when I learned something. But I felt tricked and I was like, okay, I'll do this for a few days, then I can go back home. Then I can go back home. You know how long I've been waiting to go back home? I've been waiting to go back home since 1965. Like when uh, Dr. No, Gary from the Bad Brains was about to die, Harley called me and said, I, you know, was letting me know, Harley Flanagan was letting me know how he was. And he said, hey, you know, uh, I, I asked him how he was doing and I talked to Daryl and Daryl said, well, he's either going home or he's going home. So I guess the science kind of like the same. So I, I am happier than shit. Not only am I happy that I got to stay at home, but I'm happy that I can't go out technically. I mean, you can if you want to. And more importantly, I'm happy that nobody can come by. <laughs> so, but, you know, you can go outside, right? So yesterday, the wife says, let's go to the beach. And we go to the beach, right? And now I'm racking my brain. Like, I don't want to go to a beach that has a hiking trail to it. So that rules out Santa Cruz, right? You got to hike down to the beach. That rules out anything in Half Moon Bay. We got to hike down a narrow path to the beach. I said, I want a beach where I can just drive right up to it. I should have taken Pacifica because that's generally an empty freaking beach. But I didn't get, I got carried away and I went to Ocean Beach in San Francisco. Now I see a little tide pool full of two or three inches of muddy, brackish water. And there's a kid in a diaper, three kids in diapers, uh, uh, body surfing in four inches of brackish water in this fucking uh, tide pool, muddy, warm water tide pool. One of the kids stands up and he starts hacking and coughing. And I'm looking at these hippie fucking parents these neo-hippies, and thinking, that's that's just what you want, right? That's just what you want. <laughs> and I look at the parents of the other two kids, and they don't seem especially fucking bothered. I said, I hope you all fucking die spitting your guts out. And look, I tried to explain last week on both on the show that we are being taken for a ride. However, <laughs> that doesn't mean you won't die spitting your guts out.
Yep, 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 yep. Well, if they're anti-vaxxers, let them get polio. <laughs> right? Because polio is a made-up disease because the vaccine, like, if I don't get a polio vaccine, my kid won't get polio. Oh, my kid gets polio? It must have been from the magical polio fairies or polio doesn't exist or science has debunked it. Autism. Autism doesn't really exist. That kid is just lazy. That was my wife's contention. I'm stealing it for the show. You're going to deny science. Do I not deny it all? Ow, dad, I fell out of a tree. I think I broke my leg. Your leg is not broken. You're just fat and you're fucking lazy. Get up and start running. In my day, when kids fell out of trees, they didn't moan and groan and ask for medical care. So, so uh, these people at the beach, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever. So we're trying to, my whole time at the beach, I'm actually trying to, trying to wend. I'm not, I don't feel comfortable with six feet. I got to have 12 feet. If you're old, I got to stay away from you. If you're really young, I got to stay away from you. If you're one of these guys jogging, I got to stay the fuck away from you. If your dog runs up to me, I'm going to knife it to death. I don't want your dog carrying shit to me. No problem. Make it back home. Scrub down. I decided to take the chainsaw. I can't remember what I did that before or after the beach. I took the chainsaw to uh, 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 chainsaw to the, this bush I got. It's a tree. Stood up on the ladder. If you, those of you follow me on uh, on uh, uh, what is that thing called Instagram, you see me on the ladder in slippers by the pond with an electric chainsaw. Yeah, I can show you the picture. <laughs> well, actually, I can't because I was doing something on my phone. But you, actually, I can. I think I can. Hold on. Let me see if I can show you the picture. <laughs> I mean. There you go. There. That, that, that's it. See? Chainsaw, ladder, slippers, electric, pond, the whole bit. So, so do all that stuff. Live dangerously. And I don't think anything of it, right? Come back. We eat. You know, hang out. We watch some, some stuff on, on, the, on the, the Netflix. And then they go to sleep. Last night, at this horrifying dream. The dream was, and I, I, I don't want to be one of those people, I don't want to be one of those people that, uh, 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 that, that tells you their dream, because these people are a pox on humanity. I had the greatest dream. The only time you want to hear that dream is from somebody really sexy. And then you only want to hear it because you think that they're somehow going to get around the sex. But in this dream, I couldn't breathe. I had a fever. And I was like, you know what? I had friends who died from pneumonia. These are plenty tough guys. But when your lungs start to fill with fluid, you're fucking done. Anything else, I would say, any other fucking disease. You think I was I was schemed out by other disease syphilis, other diseases that you could kill you? Nah, I was so schemed out because I could still breathe through syphilis. HIV, you can still breathe. You got two lungs, but if both of them are filled with fluids, you can't breathe. So 
if we want to get into the conspiracy, what part is fake specifically? Well, it's just like doing a work. The fewer the people you talk to, the better the work is. And the more it fits organically with the actual flow of the function, the better your work is going to be. Mix of truth and falsehood, always. The objectives, never clear. The directives, never clear. But there is one thing we know. <laughs> Let's call it the Thanos principle. Or the band fear. There's too many of us. There's too many of us. There's too many. There's too many of us. There's too many of us. There's, there's too many of us. There's too many of There's too many of us. I talked about it on the last week's show when I talked about class. I talked about the problems of the, the problems of the persistent underclass. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Now, I'm going to say, you know, they talk about universal basic income. And I'm going to say I'm going to say something. Yeah, we're going to get we're going to get to Dana's Dana's believing that he can beat me up. <laughs> yeah. OK. So we're going to say hardcore, like universal basic income. They say to be happy, you have to make 70 grand a year. So we give everybody 70 grand a year. And how many of those people who were previously lower class, working class, poor people under the poverty line? would take that 70 grand and squander it. How many of them in the space of six months would be back to lower circumstance than when you gave them the cash in the first place? Just let's pick an arbitrary number, 2.5%, 2%, 3%. What would you do with these people? Actively resisting, actively resisting. All of that, pull yourself up by your bootstrap, uh, uh, bootstrap shit, like uh, adolescent setting singing that song, Trash Beyond Belief, to show the kids don't want to learn. They don't want to learn. They want to learn. What do you do with it? Well, we know what uh, Reinhard Heydrich would say at the, count, the council at Von C. It wasn't too long before they started talking about solutions in, in, in a way of final solutions. And then the Nazis are back. So the best way is to be really egalitarian about it. Like my friend Myron, who tried to get into the Marines, and they said, he said, hey, uh, we're going to do honesty testing. What were you going to do? Okay, well, what's uh, great. What drugs have you taken? He named all the drugs. He goes, great, we're kicking you out. You remember this story. And he goes to every armed services branch and they kicked him out. They just circulated his paperwork because he'd done a lot of drugs. Guy was a physical specimen, great athlete, clear mind, bright guy, Stanford guy. Many drugs. He, but also, he failed to figure out it wasn't really a drug test. It was an intelligence test. They don't, we don't care what drugs you've taken. Stop telling us you've taken drugs. That's what this is. So those people on the hiking trails, those people talking to fucking strangers like I saw on the beach, talking to strangers. I don't know what you're trying to prove. Don't know what you're trying to prove. You don't believe it? Great. That's good. Fox Channel viewers don't believe it? That's good. Yeah, fucking Hadrick. 
everybody hated that guy. They hated him. They had a big state funeral for him, but everybody was happy to see him go. He was the only one who got it. He was like the German Mao. Mao didn't come alive until he viewed his first torture session. And then he realized he found some. I had a friend who was like that with prostitutes. He said, usually I spent my whole life going from here to there, basketball, baseball, liking this, liking that, Star Wars, this movie, that. And then I discovered prostitutes. And it was like all my questions disappeared. And that was actually something somebody told me. Hadrick felt that and Mao both felt that way about torture. Welcome to the aristocracy. Yeah, he did actually. Is not really, not really, uh, not very manly. This Hadrick character. Anyway, so uh, um, the best way to enact the work is to have it be people who are not passing the intelligence test. Go for a walk. Talk to strength. Share food with them. I know that you are making you, you are making. I know that you're making a stab for your fear to believe in this either as a real thing or you're doubling down on your support for humanity as a gesture, but I don't care. It couldn't happen to a better guy than Rand Paul. So, a uh, so, so, um, I mean, ultimately, Ultimately, there's somebody out there who's making hard, hard decisions. Now, it's interesting to me what the billionaires have done. The billionaires, some of them, like Bezos, has gone to the government and said, hey, you got you to gotta help me, help my workers. The richest man on the globe needs help. Needs help paying his employees. What are some of the other billionaires doing? Well, they're doing this, they're doing that, you know. Some of the other heads of you know, trying to act like things are normal. The bald ones out there threatening journalists. 99% of it, well, total disclosure, he did say 99%. Didn't he? Or most of, didn't he? He didn't say 100%, or did he? If he said 100%, I'm going to start sending me emails. I was militating for a fight with Herschel Walker. Some people told me they thought I was crazy, that he would kill me. I told them that I thought they were crazy and I would kill them. I thought it was a good fight. What they didn't neglect it to, to, to note was that I had watched a guy train, much like Johnny Boney Joni. I wasn't taking any fights I didn't think I could beat. I could, I could win, I mean. And I guarantee you, none of that stuff he was trying to pull with Tito. Oh, well, I'll have a boxing match. Nah, nah, bro. It's MMA. We'll do some MMA. We'll do some MMA. Anytime. Anybody want to advance that post, 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 post plague? I'm game. Me v the bald one. And you know what you're going to see? The first 10 seconds, I'm going to run out there like George Masvidal, friend of Knuckle Up. But instead of striking with a flying knee, I'm going to run out to the center of the cage fall down, fight, uh, fake uh, a case of hysterical blindness, and then sue for $250 million. Why? Because I know you'll all understand. I don't give a crap about physically beating up a billionaire. 
<laughs> I beat the guy up and I'm still as broke as before I beat him up. What have I proven? Nothing. <laughs> I'm sure you would all understand. You'd all be sitting at home. Everybody else would be like, oh, everybody who doesn't watch this show would be like, oh, Eugene's going to kill him. I'm going to put my money on Eugene. Eugene's going to kill him. And I'd run out there like the loneliness of a long-distance runner and belly flop on the on the canvas, and he's done. <laughs> Man, that would be great. You'd be like, how could you do this to us, Eugene? i go, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Eugene's got to eat, okay? So, um, so where was I? Uh, yeah, we we're talking about the, the, the class thing. So uh, I, the book I've been talking about the whole time, there you go. I finally found it. Paul Fussell. Um, and I finally figured out in, in, in passing, as I'm thinking about billionaires and so on, why, why class is so disturbing to people. Um, uh, and I'll tell you why. If you and I were to meet on the street or at a bar or walk, we're not going outside right now, but you know what I mean. If we were two strangers well met in a public venue, would I, uh, would I have to do much talking to convince you of my negritude? Would I have to, like that guy Joel, who I interviewed once, at, once with at, at Ziff, we spent the whole interview trying to, he was uh, 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 black and Jewish, but he spent the whole interview talking about we and us and we and us, trying to convince me that he was black and he could see I wasn't getting it. And he said, well, you know, I'm black, you know, and finally at the end, I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but okay, glad you're black and Jewish, got you. And I said, but I'm not gonna give you the job. <laughs> all of that, wanted all of that validation and still unresolved issues, didn't give me the job. You know who gave me the job? Dennis Escal. And I can mention his name because he's no longer with us. That guy was a prince among men, understood patronage. He was white and Jewish, gave me the job. Started my career uh, uh, outside of small journals, big journals. However, I would not have to convince you at all of uh, of my negritude, right? I wouldn't have to. Would I? No, I wouldn't. Nope. Would not have to. If I were Chinese, I wouldn't have to insist at all for even a minute. I mean, maybe you might confuse it. Well, you Japanese guys, you Korean guys, I wouldn't have to do this. Latino, well, you might be confused. How do you know he's from Chile? It could be from Peru, blah, blah, blah. But you wouldn't be... But class, class, class is something that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, class is something, class is, is quicksilver. And no matter how much you might, and this is a thing, this is the, the, this is the quality of the resentment felt by nouveau riche. I mean, secretly, cats like Trump in their heart of hearts are going, What's it? I got the money. I got the gold toilet seat. You know, I got why these people still look down on me. Because class is not about cash in this book. 
he 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 lays out Paul Fussell, who's related somehow to uh, Sam Fussell, whose book Muscle is a great book. But he says there are two there are two categories of people that are left out of this, and I forget which one it is because it didn't apply to me. But the other was, of course, artists. Artists are, re- are relatively classless, and you know, there's a guy, a lithographer in L.A. whose name I can't remember now. Uh, 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 ah, God damn it. Um, is it, uh, find it. Uh, that's going to drive me out of my mind. Well, there's, uh, lithographer, uh, this famous lithographer. I'm just going to type it in. Uh, and he started as a workman. Lithographer. He's got a great name and famous, famous lithographer. I'm going to, God, hold on, hold on, hold on. Lithographer famous. Uh, I can't find his name here. Anyway, he's this famous, I'll, I'll post it in the comments later when I remember. He's this famous guy, and he started as a workman and, you know, took off, and people love this guy. So artists generally are, is held to be a class of society. And I find, I find the best humans in general are hybrids. Yeah, yeah, bunkers. Are hybrids. You give me a guy with a, work, a working class work ethic, but with, with uh, 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 you say, upper middle class aspirations, they skip that whole suburban thing and they, you know, this lithographer, he's busting his ass. He could be digging ditches or making art. He's making art. But he doesn't have that inborn resentment of how come they don't accept me. I don't have to do any talking to convince anybody that I am a Negro. Zero talking. I don't have to spend an ounce of my time. Maybe, you know, if I was a different type of Negro, I would have to spend my time trying to convince people that I'm a good Negro and not the bad. I don't give a shit about that either. You creeped out by the tattoos and the guns, whatever. Okay, this is, I can't help you. However, if you're working class, and I thought about this in connection to John, Tra- John Travolta, John Travolta took lessons to lose his Brooklyn accent. Well, I don't want to keep having to get roles like this. Where I gotta keep. I gotta be this guy. Where you know. You know, I got to be this guy. Like, for the rest of my life, I got to be this guy. He took diction lessons to get the booklet out of his voice. So, you know, you see, I, I don't want to be driving that car my whole life. I got you, John. But that's not where class exists. It's quicksilver. It's quicksilver. That's why Simone DiPiero, poet, one of my favorite professors at Stanford. He was great. He sounded like one of those guys. Philly street kid. His solution? I'm not going to spend a minute. I'm not going to spend a minute trying to talk you out of that. Trying to convince you of otherwise. His vocabulary, I never, I, without shame, I'd be talking to the guy, have a notepad, start taking notes. Using words I've never heard before in my life, and I was a well-read guy. Not hiding his life behind a bushel, willing to, in all his glory, stand there. Alpha class. 
You have those who are class bound. You know, those who like, you know, uh, who are discovering that there's a right way to hold a wine glass by the stem, not by the bowl. You hold cognac by the bowl. Will actually think that shit means something. And still can't figure out why they're not accepted by people who somehow know this stuff early on. I've seen people, I've known cats like that. They know which fork to use. <laughs> they know that the little bowl that they bring is not to drink, but it's a, it's a finger bowl. This shit is haunting. It must, the, the, dis, the discussion I had about my bass player encountering that white cat on the sidewalk, my bass player who is white, and that white cat on the sidewalk, and the guy taking offense, because suddenly this guy who walked up to ask him questions about his bass rig, this guy was forced to do some kind of um, uh, um, uh, class, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Some kind of class uh, justification. No one will ask me at any point in my day to prove I'm a Negro, but several times a day, you will feel diminished on class grounds, even in a class of society like America. It's great. I'll give you an example of where it's great. You go to England. I go to England. Right? And I'm just wearing whatever I'm wearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you can still run circles around them. That was the point. The lithographer, was, he, he was, was like that guy from, from Cape Fear. I can outthink you. I can outwork you. I can outfuck you. I can, you know, you take that blue collar work ethic. Like my friend who went to, I'm doing a, a Aussie Confidential on him. The crystal meth king of uh, Oklahoma. Dude said, Eugene, I've been in prison 18 years. So you know what I did when I was there? I go, what? He was on the phone. He was telling me, I read I could hear it in his voice. What's more dangerous than a working class guy with, 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 with smarts? Cool, nothing. Got that work ethic. Now, the ones who are still shaky about stuff, they're the ones who are telling people out there blowing their, their horns. Oh, college is not for everyone. I've met plenty of stupid people with the college. Stupid people, blah, 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 you know. This is more a parade for your inadequacies. Leave them alone. They want to go to college, let them go to college. It's a good social skit. Think I could balance a checkbook before college? Think I could balance one after? Well, I actually can't. But you know what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I can't, but I don't. Ah, well, I do, but not that frequently. It's, it's, it, but uh, imagine, imagine, you know, I mean, it never goes away. You can make all the money in the world. And this is if you read Patricia Highsmith. You don't even have to read her. Watch the movie, The Talented Mr. Ripley. This is a great example of, of I got the clothes, I got the talk, I got the walk. And still, still. And there's a reason I put the picture of me and Jake Shields and Popeye as being the splash picture for this edition. Because Popeye, I refused to have Popeye fixed. Popeye had his nuts from the beginning of his life to the end of his life. But there was something about it 
And I saw this consistently that drove other dogs crazy and not in a positive way. Other dogs that had their nuts, I'd leave them alone. Male dogs, other male dogs that had their nuts. Female dogs, leave them alone. Neutered male dogs would flip the fuck out. Consistently, take a drink for Popeye. Consistently flip out. Why? Because class is more than being able to hold the wine glass from the stem, which is how you're supposed to, supposed to hold it. It's more than these kind of surface veneery trappings. It's in your fucking blood. Which is why the Nazis were so crazy about it. Nothing was going to make Goebbels have not have a club foot. Nothing was going to make Hitler taller or, 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 or Goering thinner. Nothing was going to make Himmler macho. The curse of great men is having to step over corpses. Yeah, well, it doesn't take much to kill somebody. I can do it with a plastic bag. And achieve what end? I mean, in the portage, portage of A.H. to San Cristobal, they make Hitler, on uh, after he's been captured by the Mossad, as being dragged through the jungle, makes a claim. Makes a claim that he got everything that he, he put in place from uh, uh, the Torah and the Talmud. Chosen people. This idea rankles, and it's rankled for all of time. But you know who it rankles? It rankles betas. Never have I seen an alpha rankled by it. Never. So when when um, <laughs> ah, that's right. Genghis used to be white. <laughs> And now, like Steve Martin, the jerk, he was a son of a poor sharecropper. <laughs> so, um, so, so when I look around at this work that has me hunkered down inside, looking through the, the <laughs> I got my Armageddon reveal, made sure it started up Armageddon Enterprises. I get it, beat it out of town. I used to, I used to think a motorcycle was the way. If the traffic, if the road was too jammed up, no matter how big of an engine I have in the car, I'm not busted through. But something else. No cars on the road now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hey, no, I improved the status of both organizations. Look at it that way. <laughs> you got out of that other team. You're on a better team now. Uh, so, so how does this work work? In other words, if I'm an alpha, if I'm standing behind a curtain, if I'm a string puller, 
actually, let me, let me, let me, let me, before we get to the conspiracy, let me tell you a story. It's kind of a outre, it's not outre sex story at all. Not at all. Somebody says to me, hey, Eugene, there's this girl, she likes you. Now, this is before I was crazy, when I was still a normal guy. Maybe like 80, 85 or something like this. She likes you. And I go, cool. No email. She lived too close. To a letter would have been weird. Give her a call. So I give her a call. Say, hey, it's Eugene. Hey, you know. And I say, you want to hang out sometime? And she goes, sure. She goes, why don't you come over? We're having a barbecue at our family's house. And so I go show up somewhere down in San Jose or Sunnyvale, Cupertino. I don't remember. A long time ago. So I show up at her house. And uh, her family is uh, super nice to me. And she herself had had problems with crystal meth. But, you know, apparently she got into rehab. She cleaned up. This was, there was no vestiges of this. And I'm in the house and I'm talking to people and I'm eating finger foods and snacks and stuff like this. And uh, No, 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 it's okay. They invite me to the barbie. I'm fine. Could always leave. It's easier to leave than it is to get them to go. And uh, I'm in the house eating some finger food, talking to the father, and the father is nice. He's really nice to me. But more importantly, he wants me to like him, which is always weird. Because usually it's the mothers that like me and the fathers that hated me because they would look at me and say, no way is my daughter not having sex with this guy. So they would hate me. The mothers were like, oh, my God, my daughter's having sex with this guy. And the mothers would love me. So he's talking to me. He's really being nice. But it was like it was like a desperate type of niceness. I, I remember having sex with a woman once and she started pleading with me to, 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 to come sooner, faster. And I was like, man, this means way too much to her. I just stopped. But again, when I was young, I must have been 19 with that one. But anyway, so uh, I'm talking to the father and I'm looking and uh, I'm looking at the bookshelf as I'm talking to him. And I have a perfectly good time. I say, thanks for inviting me. I got, I got stuff to do. I got to leave. I don't try to mac on the chick or nothing. I leave. Again, no email in those days, no letters. You have to call. So at one point I call and she goes, hey, maybe I'd like to come by your house. I lived in a garage then. Yeah, come on by. She comes on by. I go, what do you want to do? And she goes, nah, I don't know. Now she's sitting on the couch in my garage. You only have two things in this garage. I got a bed and I got a, I got two couches. I got a love seat, a couch, and a bed. That's it. King size bed, huge. Mattress, actually, it wasn't a bed. It was a mattress on the floor. So I know what that means. I'm not that I'm not that artistic, but I got, I got you. But I'm sitting there on the couch talking to her, and you know I can't get out of my head? I can't get out of my head that bookshelf. Can't get it out of my head. And what I can't get out of my head is that there were books on that shelf that I never would have bought, and they bought them all. The kind of books that let me know that you've been got. And I can't, I mean, I can't even give you an example of what that would be really. 
because I'm sure maybe some of you have those books. Like Dr. Phil. <laughs> or back in the 70s, it would have been I'm okay, you're okay. Or it would have been, uh, you know, just books that let me know. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm interviewing a guy, and I don't even want to say who I was interviewing because I like the guy. And I'm really enjoying the interview. And the guy's talking to me about his training, and so I'm really enjoying the interview. And he goes, you know, my wife and I went to see Tony Robbins, and we've been, oh, man. And this guy, by all measures, he's a CEO of a corporation. This guy has made all the right moves in life. Yeah, man up for Mars, women for Venus. This guy has made all the right moves in life. He's successful for a guy who's in his 30s. He's, he's killing it. But he's talking to me about Tony Robbins, and I realize I'm looking at the wrong books on the wrong bookshelf. And I'm sitting there in my garage. Yes, in my garage with this woman on my couch. And I was like, well, you know what? I got some stuff. I think maybe I kissed her a few times. Couldn't get the bookshelf out of my head. Said, ah, I got some stuff to do. You got to go. And she left. I never called again. Why? Of course, the later crazy me would have gone, but there's plenty of whys. And it starts with my, my <laughs> well, it's a family show. I don't need to get with what it starts. But you get, I would have done it anyway. But the, the earlier version of me said there's there, there's no genetic justification for this. Because I'm supposed genetically, I'm supposed to reach up here. I'm not supposed to reach down. And this is painful. Imagine the ease with which I've gone through my day, not having to convince anybody that I am a Negro. But imagine the un, unrequited misery of having to try to convince somebody that, yeah, I'm lower class, but I have aspirations. Got to do better than aspirations. Like the crystal meth king of Oklahoma, you got to spend 18 years reading books when you're on lockdown to come out fundamentally a different man and to realize who you were back then was a victim. You can't, you can't, you can't, you, you, you can't, resist your way out of this you can't outrage and umbrage your way out of this you can't snowflake me your way out of this you can't outcash your way out of this they said an unexamined life is not worth living start examining your life and you've heard me on old shows talk about some woman some other woman who i was dating who was wealthy took me to see a movie. And afterward, I said, well, what'd you think of the movie? She goes, it was deep. I go, that's a good start. What do you mean? She goes, I mean, it was deep. I go, that's it. Not only did Rand Paul test positive for coronavirus, but Harvey Weinstein is now positive for coronavirus. And that tastes delicious. You know, there's some people, I finally, this guy, and I'm going to circle back to the guy who wants me to write the memoir. I said, man, I don't want to write the memoir because I don't want to put all the sex stuff in because, you know, I don't want my kids to have to deal with that. 
reading about that. Their friends reading about that. And Feral House has asked me, you know, won't you write a memoir? I think you could write it without the sex. And then fundamentally, when I'm talking to this guy this morning about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, when I'm reading, talking to this guy this morning, I realize that the essential nature of my story, at the heart of my entire story, and the first coherent thought I had about anything deep and significant had to do with revenge when I was three years old. That is a part of the story. And I go, that would be the most honest story I could tell. And I'm let I'm I'm resistant to tell it because it makes me sound like a lunatic. But revenge has been a great motivator. I could chalk up 80% of what I've done to I'll show you. Revenge. And when I figured even the sexual stuff, 70% of it, well, not said, I said this morning, I said about 40%. That's more right. I've been re revenge fueled. You know who, you know, whose wives I don't have sex with. If I really liked the guy, I wouldn't have sex with the wife. If I didn't like the guy, I'm going to have sex with the wife. That's a morality. That's revenge politics. And in that way, the sex is insignificant. So if I wrote the memoir from the point of view of revenge and how it's worked its way through my life, it might be a compelling, it, it'll carry you from fist fights, streets of New York, to getting arrested as an undesirable alien and deported from other countries. It, it cover it all. So I never called her back, the woman on the couch. So my point is the alphas are sitting around and they're trying to come up with trying to come up with if you have a super yacht, where are you right now? I mean, maybe you know enough to know that you don't even need to be on that super yacht because it's targeted. Maybe you know enough so that the, the, the vaccine that you're going to make billions off of next month or six months from whenever they come out with, you've already taken it. Or maybe that you just count on the fact that that's going to hit 3%. <laughs> and I don't have, I can, I have no need as a billionaire to social distance myself from anybody since everybody who's around me or people I pay to be around me who is social distance from other people, period, because I can't have the world having access to me. The question is, are billionaires automatic alphas? if money doesn't qualify you for, for a class jump. And no, 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 no. Plenty of broke people who are alphas. What qualifies it? Their existence in the future generations. In other words, survival. <laughs> That's right. Fuck. Gagas is killing it today. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eugene's nice until he gets his hand on the rock. <laughs> uh, no, I transferred the money already. <laughs> so that's all right. <laughs> Unless something happened that I don't know about. So so I, I believe I believe it is a work. And, and I believe like General George, listen, General George Patton said, stop your whining about Normandy. I've done, I've worked up the numbers, and only 2% of you are going to die. 
That means if I got a hundred of you guys standing here next to me, that means two of you are not going to make it. Come on. Don't tell me you like all a hundred of yous. There's got to be two people there that you think you could do without. And in the end, when they looked at the invasion of Normandy, what did they find? Invasion of Normandy, they found it was about 2.5%. But I don't want anybody I know or love to be part of that 2.5%. I had a friend, he, uh, my old guitar player, and I was going through when herpes hit. I was going, because of course I'm a hypochondriac, I was going through this extreme panic over herpes. Like Women would show up at uh, Whipping Boy shows and want to, you know, get sexy with me. And I'm like, ah, nah, bro, I, you know. And he's like, listen. And he was a big Isaac Asimov kind of uh, uh, Philip K. Dick fan. He said, it may be that herpes sheaths a, 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 a defensive mechanism that allows you to, that in the future, you will, in other words, the only people who survive this plague will be people. And I thought that was garbage until if you watch Aussie Confidential, there's a woman, Josephine Knockoff, who was the Swedish beauty queen, Nietzsche scholar, Ivy, Ivy League professor, and crack whore, where she was fucking and sucking for fucking two years straight junkies and killers of all varieties, living on the streets, having sex with homeless people. Oh, but no condoms. Never caught HIV. Why? Well, when the smallpox, de smallpox decimated Scandinavia, Scandinavia, the people who still live had this, it's been proven. I, I thought she thought she was in some bullshit way trying to snow me. I read it. It's true. Resistant. So maybe his claim about this herpes thing was right. Maybe in the future it'd be right. Maybe vaccines are the key, or maybe they're not. Who can tell? The thing is, if you're a billionaire and you're a beta, you, we've seen what, what less rich betas will do to defend their, their, their beta status. We've seen it. We've seen what less well-suited betas will do to defend. I mean, you know, we got people killing each other if you threaten the edifices of, of, of who they imagine themselves to be. Imagine now a beta who happens to be a billionaire and the lengths that person, he or she, go through to defend, to defend that. They would do a lot. They might even kill 3% of us just because. Because, 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 because of the wonderful things they does. So I'm hoping that you all are quarantined in place and I, you, you're doing the right thing. Not like those dummies with their kids uh, body, body surfing in four inches of dirty, muddy, uh, brackish water in diapers. I mean, I hope you got the diaper part because these kids were peeing and pooping in diapers that were now part of E. coli, part of this water. And it was only about 16 feet by about uh about maybe maybe 20 feet by about eight feet sandy tide pool at ocean beach 
Oh my God. And and these dummies are walking along and they're talking to people. I got you. I got you. You know, I got you. What drugs have you taken, sir? None, sir. You sure? Absolutely none. Pure as a driven snow. I want my entire life to be one act of goodness. Thank you. <laughs> oh, like that guy once in a very public way tried to get me to admit to illegality. <laughs> I said, absolutely not. And looked at him. I know you know I'm lying. And I know that you know that I know that you know that I'm lying. But you can't honestly expect me to be stupid enough to stand here in a public setting and admit to very legal line crossing. Alpha baby. I mean, at first I was afraid, you know, I was petrified. Thinking how could I survive without you by my side? <laughs> oh, come on. That was Gloria Gaynor. Stop it. <laughs> I will survive. I will survive. Because as long as I know how to love, I'm sure I'll be alive. <laughs> yes, I did. I did swim in the Hudson, and that could be why I'm still alive. I didn't swim in the Hudson where George Carlin, George Carlin swam in the Hudson off of 47th Street Piers. I swam in the Hudson up in uh, 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 Poughkeepsie. I probably would have been better off on 47th Street, but I did it in Poughkeepsie because I was there. And all the Nabisco factories were there. Who knows what they put in the water, but I was in it. Up to my eyeballs, trying to keep from getting molested by by women who were older than me. You should have known better. I was just a 15-year-old lifeguard. Speedos. I, I'm going down the wrong road here. Anyway, this is one oh six of the Eugene S. Robinson showstopper. And yeah, I guess I was upstream if you think about the way it flows. You're right about that. Thanks for listening. Uh, the fight game, I'm, you know what? I, I'm hoping that they have Khabib and Ferguson in an empty arena. I think that's the, only, that's the only way it makes sense, unless you're going to move the fight to an Antarctica, which as far as I'm guessing is the only place that hasn't reported uh, a COVID-19 outbreak. I think anything else would be socially irresponsible. Also socially irresponsible, canceling the fight at this point. Five fucking times. I've had it. Have it. Thanks for listening. Patreon.com slash the stomper. Or, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's some who would disagree with the asshole comment. I, yeah, I might, if that were the case, I'm a, I'm a little nervous. I got to call you, Tommy. I'll call you sometime this week. And Brian, too. Brian is doing God's work out there, still showing up to work as a fireman. Let's see you next week. Tuesday night, we'll be doing uh, If the Shoes Fit. I don't think we're going to do uh, uh, Let It Roll podcast, but just If the Shoes Fit. Of course, there's no care, don't care, because there's no fight to care or not care about. So we're done with that. So you see me one more time this week. It's like that great line from uh, uh, Lost Highway. Uh, uh, or is it Mulholland, Mulholland Drive? He goes, if you do good, you'll only see me once, one, one more time. If you do bad, you'll see me two more times. 
<laughs> or two, if you do good, you'll see me one time. If you do bad, you'll see me two times. In other words, if you fuck this up, you'll see me again. But it's not a fuck up. Uh, let's provide it that we both survive. All of us survive. We'll see you next Sunday. Uh, Ozzy is still publishing because we can do the work from home. I got some cool articles coming this week. You at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter because I'm just tweeting everything out there. It's even hard for me to find some of the stuff if you go to Ozzy.com directly. So just follow the links. But you got to be on Twitter at least. Otherwise, you know, I can't get it to you. I don't know how to get Or if you're on my Facebook page, I don't always put the stuff up on Instagram. Otherwise, that's it. Keep care. Wash your hands. Wash your arms up to your elbows. I added that. I just made that up for reasons I don't know. Wash your clothes. Don't go to bed without showering. And, and your hair, too. Sorry. So you get a little fever from the matter, you know, because you get pneumonia from that. It's six and one half dozen of the other. But be clean. Don't be dirty. We'll see you next week. Look what you made me do!